Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Well, here we are, three weeks into this brand new year, and I have a theory I'm going to share with you today. I'd love your comments or thoughts on it. What if success in life based on, as we know, you know, priorities, focus, action, is like going grocery shopping when you're hungry? Trying to maintain focus in your life is like going grocery shopping <clears throat> when you're hungry. That's what I'm going to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I don't know about you, but I have made the mistake of going grocery shopping when hungry. And it's really easy to walk down the aisle with, um, see the sweet sugary snacks, you know, because the popcorn's on one side and the cookies are on the other of that aisle, or the crackers and the cookies, or sometimes it's the fruits and veggies on one side and the terrible stuff on the other side. And it's really hard to decide. I don't know if this is true in your grocery store, but in ours, you have this enormous produce section and the outside of the produce section is ringed with the bakery. Bananas. Or muffins, broccoli, or baked goods. It's, it's a tough choice when you don't have a lot of discipline. But it's really hard to decide which one's going to taste good and which one's going to be good for you. Those are, those are usually not the same thing unless you've trained yourself, disciplined yourself to maintain a diet where you've changed the palate of what tastes good into what's good for you. I think as a leader, there's a whole lot of times that what seems like it would be the right thing to do, what would be the good thing to do, what would, what would feel good, would be the easy thing to do even, isn't always the most beneficial. It's not always the most profitable. In fact, I will say in my short life on this earth, uh, just over half a century at this point, there's, uh, there's a lot of times that Good ideas come with a very high price. There's also a lot of time that what I know was the right thing to do met a whole lot of resistance. I was doing the thing that I knew was the best, but there were a whole lot of other people who thought, well, that's a little bit crazy. Or there were times that I made decisions, and while everybody was on board with me when I made the decision, when we turned the corner and realized it's all uphill from here, it's going to be quite a slog. It seemed like all the people who supported the decision when I made it were no longer with me when I had to do it. Now, as a leader, you're going to face this kind of obstacle and resistance in every decision that you make. Sometimes what seems good, immediately profitable, immediately rewarding, immediately acceptable by everybody on the team and everybody around you and all your peers are cheering and giving you accolades, but it's the low-hanging fruit for you. It's the too easy to do for you. It doesn't require enough challenge for you. It doesn't push you to the edge of your capability, which means it may not be the best for you. It's just good. They say that good is often a distraction from best. It takes away our focus. It's the easy thing to do, and sometimes we fall into that rut. I'll tell you something else that is, and that is the comfortable. 
the, the, the place that I've already been, the rut that I'm already in. We recently got notification that the place we've been leasing for five years is going to be put on the market. We have no idea what the asking price is, so we don't know if where our studio and everything is located is going to be available for us to purchase or it's going to leave us starting over all over again. But I can tell you this without a question. It means packing up the entire studio and at minimum putting on hold some of the things that we're doing that require daily interaction with the equipment in the studio or the books in the library or the things that we have access to in the office. Because wherever we relocate all of this, it's not going to happen in 24 hours. It's going to take a minute. There's a lot of it. And as we tear it all down, pack it all up and relocate it somewhere else, well, that's resistance. That's a little bit of a delay. That's a speed bump in the progress of our focus for 2023. <clears throat> all the things like the classes and the courses and the online courses that we wanted to get done before the turn of the year, the ones that didn't get done already, they're not just on a delay. They may be on a hold for 60 days. That's a challenge. It's a very frustrating challenge. The question is, does it mean that we abandon those new goals by saying, well, you know, look, if we if we didn't have to move, then we could do X, Y, and Z. But since we have to relocate all of this stuff, maybe, maybe we, we weren't supposed to do those things in the first place. Maybe it's more about the fact that this is life as we know it. And it seems like life, call it the universe, call it Abba God, has this way of testing our resolve. You said you wanted that. How bad do you want it? We just joined a new gym recently. Very affordable gym, given all the stuff that's in it. But one of the really cool things that they have is this new AI-based physical fitness program. AI is kind of a, a loose terminology these days. I mean, from chat QPT to all the other things that AI is capable of. What this one is capable of is you sit down at the machine, you grab hold of the bar like you're going to do a bench press motion, and it tells you push as fast as you can, as hard as you can, and then it measures that. And then you do it several times, and it measures your ability to push the bar, how fast and how far and how hard you can push it. And now it knows how strong you are. And now it will put you through an exercise routine. It'll tell you how many reps to do, how many sets to do, how hard to push it, how far to push it. And it knows all this stuff about you just because you sat down. And literally in one row of machines, you can work every body part to the prescribed artificial intelligence decision of what is a proper workout for you. Who needs a trainer? That's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible that you could walk in and do your entire resistance training in 20 minutes and it would be perfectly defined for your body. My body and my wife's are completely different. Her goals and my goals, completely different. Her path and my path, completely different. And in life, a lot of times, the test that one of us faces is not like the test that another of us faces. Oh, we freak out when that happens. We think to ourselves, well, how come they got to be millionaires and it happened like this, this, and this? And when I tried to do exactly the same thing, it didn't work for me. Well, because not every decision we make is made by AI. 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but in the form of working out, that's probably a good thing. That I'm not trying to get my wife to do the same workout that I do, and I'm not trying to do the same workout that she does. That's a drastic difference in expectations and requirements and capabilities and potential. And if we thought for a moment as leaders that everybody we lead needs the same amount of pushback, the same amount of restriction, the same amount of opportunity, the same amount of do this on your own initiative, we would be sadly mistaken for everybody. We would not give the best opportunity to everybody. Oh, it may be good to have a perfectly level playing field, but in the same way that my physical body is completely different than my wife's physical body, our ability to learn, our ability to communicate, our willingness to take risks, they're completely different. As we've been on this search for the new location, <clears throat> there are a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I like that. I, I really like that. And she's like, hang on, here's what that means for me. And I'm like, okay, that's... I mean, I'm cool with that. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not cool with that. And so suddenly we have to merge together our wants and our needs and our desires to come up with an ideal outcome. Well, so it is with any leader who leads a team, whether it's a team of two or 200 or 200,000. In leading a team, you've got to be able to put people through the paces of their own growth at their own pace. And not everybody thinks grows leads the same. So what seems good for one may be lazy for the other. But good is often a distraction for best. The best is kind of that customized, determined plan that says, for this individual, for this task, for this project, for this goal, we're going to go about it like this. Now, here's another task, project, and goal with a different team and different people leading it, and we're going to approach that in an entirely different way. If you assumed that all of those would be the same, then you haven't spent a whole lot of time watching, I don't know, sports. You look at a, an NFL football team, for an example. They have an offense and a starting offense. They have a defense and a starting defense. And most of the time, almost every professional team has different people on defense than they have on offense. Now, they line up and do a very similar thing. They fight over a little leather pigskin. But how they go about that is completely different. Their skill sets, their agilities, their necessities, their physicalities, completely different. Their athleticism, completely different. But we can break it down even further than that. On the offense, you've got linemen and you've got what they would call a skilled player. That might be a receiver or a running back. Same thing on the defense. You've got linemen, then you've got linebackers, and you've got cornerbacks and, and um, safeties. All of these people are different in what they do. Therefore, they're different in how they're trained. They're different in their expectations. They're different in their outcome and productivity measurements. And what they're qualified to do, what they're capable of doing, is tested, is measured, is tracked at the uniqueness of their individualities. Now, you might look and say, well, a cornerback they're counted on how many times they covered the ball, how many times was the receiver open to get the ball, how many interceptions did they have, how many times did they bat it down, how many times were they out of place and play and running the wrong routes or playing the wrong part of the field. Well, yeah, all the people in that area have a very similar expectation, but they still have a measurement based on their best. There's a standard of good or fired. 
But then there's what's your best. Not every NFL quarterback plays at the same level. But coaches don't measure all of them against each other as much as they measure them against their own potential. Have a good game, have a bad game, have two or three great games, have four or five bad games. Now you're suddenly being measured against your own potential, your best. When we talk about leadership in life, it's real easy to be distracted by all the other things you could be doing. There's a whole lot of good possibilities out there. Good employees, good projects, good sales goals, good is everywhere. But if you're not focused on best, good will sometimes slow you down. Now, make sure you're hearing me right. When you're focused on best, you will have obstacles. Just because you're doing the best thing, just because you're fighting as hard as you can to improve against your own measurements, against your own standards, against your own accomplishments, just because that's true doesn't mean the path is going to be paved with daisies and there'll be no obstacles. No, it, it usually means you're going to be a trailblazer. You're going to be doing things that others haven't done. You're going to be doing it in a way that nobody has done it before. That's altogether possible. But if you're doing your best and you're focused on your best, then you're not competing with everybody else. You're competing with you yesterday. You're competing with you a year ago. And in this season of this new year, we have an opportunity to set a standard for ourselves, to compete against ourselves. If you looked at yourself one year ago today, are you in a better place or a worse place? How's your mind? How are the things that you've learned? How are your relationships? Have you set clear goals for this year? Do you have an idea what the path to those goals look like? If you have, and you did that this year but not last year, then you're moving toward your best and you're getting better at you. On the other hand, if you've got this melee around you of confusion that looks just like it did in mid-year last year or mid-year the year before, then you're not making a whole lot of progress. You may be doing the good things. You may be doing the bare minimum. You may be meeting the standards that are set around you, but are you pushing you to be the best? Are you walking into the grocery store hungry and still going straight to the best food, the food that's going to give your body nutrients, not just taste good in your mouth? The answer to those questions are really only in you. Nobody else has them. Sure, there are those like the AI machine that kind of can define the process for you. They can point you in a direction of things you need to do better. They can help you to pick out the things that you're doing wrong. They might even be able to help you stay on track with the goals you've set for yourself. That's called a coach or a mentor. You should have one in your life. But you've got to be really clear on what is just getting by for you, what's good for you because it's easy for you even though it seems like a stretch for everybody else and what's best for you. What is it that you need to focus on with a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of concentration, and make sure that the outcome, the results, stretch you to be a better you than you were this time last year, or last month, or last week, or yesterday. As a leader, you're responsible for doing that for yourself every day. You're also responsible as a leader for helping your team to do the same thing. To help them identify, you know, this is kind of the minimum standard not to lose your job. But for you to be better, your expectations may be different than Joe's or Mary's. And if you're not okay with that, 
then you're not okay with being pushed to be your personal best. And that's a whole different thing than just getting by. It's a whole different thing to walk into the grocery store and go straight to the broccoli than it is to the baked goods. That's the low-hanging fruit. That's the easy stuff. Anybody can fill up on that. But to eat the stuff that's good for your body, that's a whole different thing. To do the workout that's right for you, that's a whole different thing. Anybody can go hang out in the gym, sit in the comfy massage chairs, watch the big screen while they ride the bicycle. Anybody can do that. But to set a goal for you that's independent of everybody else, that's focused on you being better, that's hard work. That takes discipline. And as a leader, you're required to do that. It's easy to do good. It's easy to do good. There's a lot of good opportunity out there. What I'm challenging you to do is focus on what is best for you and those around you and invest yourself wholeheartedly in best. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.